You're listening to the Eastside Church Sermon Podcast Series. We are a United Methodist congregation in East Atlanta Village. We seek to be creative, historic, inclusive, and justice-oriented. We are thrilled that you found our podcast, and if you'd like to learn more about our community, visit our website at eastsideatl.org. Amen. Anytime we are blessed with those bundles of energy, especially with them leading us in song, I always feel that is a reason to give God a hand of praise. Can we give God a hand of praise for our children, for Rachel, for Carl, and walking them into that beautiful moment, walking us into that beautiful moment. And um, right on cue, he went to run tell it. He went to go tell it, for real. And that's the energy that we all need to tell it with. Thank you, young Mr. Farmer, for doing that for us. Reminding us to go tell it. Go tell it. Because we do have a story to tell. We have a story to tell about a Savior and, and Lord who loves us beyond compare. Who loves us with a compassion that that can lead us into places of hope and peace and joy and love as Christ lights our hearts. And we were joking the other day, we're saying people who make these Christ candles, they have a funny sense of humor. Because they just tend to try to go out on you. And it's like, oh yeah, we're going to see what they do when that light goes out. But the beautiful thing is that the light of God is alive in our hearts. And so that's what brings us into this moment. As we look at our scriptural text from the book of Isaiah that walks us into this part of our worship experience. And I should simply go into it without delay. It says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in a pitch dark land, light has dawned. You have made the nation great. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as those who divided the plunder rejoice. As on the day of Midian, you shattered the yoke that burdened them, the staff on their shoulders and the rod of their oppressor, because every boot of the thundering warriors and every garment rolled in blood will be burned, fuel for the fire. A child is born to us. A son is given to us. And authority will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be vast authority and endless peace for David's throne and for his kingdom, establishing and sustaining it with justice and righteousness, now and forever. The zeal of the Lord of heavenly forces will do this. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Let us say thanks be to God. Family, if you would pray with me for a moment as on this Christmas Eve, we meditate and wrestle with the concept or the title, they waited and he came. They waited and he came. Lord God, thank you for being here with us. 
Thank you for every soul present in this room. Every story represented by everyone who has filled this space. Thank you, God, for the ways that different ones of us have served in different ways. Thank you for our sound team, Lord God. Our sound and visual team. Thank you, Lord God, for our worship band. Thank you, Lord, for those who have prepared hot cocoa, for those walking in. Thank you for our children and those who have worked with them that they might minister unto us as they minister to you. And thank you, God, for the presence of the Holy Spirit. We just ask that in the midst of all of this, God, that you help us lean more deeply into the gift of waiting and the gift of knowing that you have come. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And so, as we land in this text from the book of Isaiah, the ninth chapter, verses two through nine, our text tells us that they, the children of Israel, the receivers of God's grace, the forebearers of every human being who would know the same grace that was touching or that would touch their lives as God's amazing life-giving gift were receiving a sacred promise, a promise that would be fulfilled through the life, the death, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as he was born into this earth reality to help us understand what it would mean to, to know him as Savior and to, to know him as Lord. And as we look at this text, these words paint a picture of promise for the children of Israel. They, 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 they paint a picture of promise that was palpable for them then and it is palpable for us now as we look through the corridors of time. Let us land at verse six once more to hear this promise. A child is born to us. A son is given to us. An authority will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. As we let those words rest upon our souls, as we let those words seep into our consciousness, I ask us to just simply let our minds go back through the corridors of time and picture a people who were waiting. They were waiting, and yes, they waited. They waited for counsel to come. They waited for every aspect of enmity and animosity to finally reach its end. They waited for the distrust and disunity that seemed to make community impossible to cease. They waited for 42 generations, and then he came. They waited for God's might to end the pain of exile and othering. 
They, they, they waited to see the end of the strain of praying for, yet not seeing hope that transforms the world around them. Their journey was long and hard, yet still they waited. And after hundreds, let's let that sit there for a moment. Now we might get tired of waiting after about 40 minutes. After hundreds of years of prayer, he came. He came as they had waited for eternity and peace to touch time. They, they waited for time to bend back to primordial moments where unity with God was the first thought and the last thought that governed every decision. They waited and he, he came, held in the arms of a teenage mother in a manger, as some say. For those who take those, go down those theological holes, in a cave, some might say. In a manger, others would call it. He came and everything for everyone changed forever. And tonight we reflect on the change that came with him. The change that was and is God's promise of redemption. The change that was and is God's promise of restoration and new birth. The change that was and is God's promise of salvation and healing for the nations. A promise that, that began with the children of Israel before they even carried that name. And now that promise has spread through the corridors of time to touch all of humanity. And so tonight... We reflect on the way that they waited and he, the Christ child, came through the womb of Mary, flanked by Joseph, greeted by shepherds, met by Magi, praised by all creation and the host of heaven, exalting God, glorifying God because God's promises were being fulfilled in real time, touching earth to change it forever, touching humanity to change us forever. And now as we reflect, we too wait in that already but not yet state of, of already being followers of Christ who who have received this, this gift of life in Christ, this gift of salvation that has been offered to us. And while we reflect on that initial night of waiting, we wait for Christ to come again. We wait in anticipation. We wait waiting to, to see the ways that the world will shift and change as divine love comes in and overtakes everything. And then some of us, might be waiting and we're not yet followers of Christ. We don't yet call Jesus Christ Savior and Lord, but maybe there's something, there's something stirring in our hearts, in our minds, in our souls, in our spirits that already has us too in a waiting state, a waiting for a transformation. 
that might uplift us and, and, and help us see life in a new light, help us recognize that the transformation that we have yet experienced is literally one yes away. And like the children of Israel, like first century Christians, like those who believe during the time of schism in 1054, like those who believe during the Reformation, like our Methodist foreparents in every generation of the Christian family who came before us, we too wait. We wait with expectations of God's good, of God's grandeur, yet we also wait with uncertainty. And we wait with angst. We wait with angst and uncertainties that might be born out of the enmity that we sometimes experience with one another. The disconnects that we sometimes might experience with one another. We, we, we wait out of the angst and the uncertainties that, that come as we have distrust with those who are both unfamiliar and familiar whom we might see as strangers and maybe we even see them as enemies. We wait with, with uncertainties, all sorts of uncertainties about the future and what tomorrow will bring and many places in which we walk. We, we wait with uncertainties that come from the pain of familial hurts that just won't seem to dissipate. And I almost hesitate to say this. When I look at the room and I see, and I'm supposing that some of the guests I see are family in or out of town who have come to join together. But hey, we're family, so let's just go ahead and throw it out there. There are some family members that we are waiting to see with expectation over these next few days, and we are so excited. Yet, there are some family members where I don't know if the excitement comes from them walking in the door or them walking out of the door. Now, Pastor T, you just went from preaching to meddling. Why are you meddling? Because those are the kind of things that we rub up against in this journey. But the question always ends up being, whether it's family or strangers or coworkers or friends or those we perceive as enemies, as we wait for Christ to come, do we hear Christ peeking in in those moments? When Christ says, be slow to speak and listen intently. When Christ says this moment that you thought was another moment of angst is another moment where I actually want to come in and change the whole dynamic of that relationship with that particular person. Where Christ comes in and says, where you expected stress and strain I am going to come in with a move of serenity that feels like serendipity meeting in a moment where what you thought 
was meant for evil. What you thought was meant for contention was actually a moment where compassion is going to evolve in a way that shows you that yes, I am the restorer and the healer of all things. Even relationships that you thought were torn and tattered forever. And so as we rest in our moment of waiting, as we rest in our moment of thinking about the fact that Christ came and Christ will come again, my prayer for us is that as we wait, that we will reflect on the hope, that we will reflect on the joy, that we will reflect on the peace, that we will reflect on the love as we reflect on Christ in our lives. Christ in our hearts. Christ renewing our minds. Christ using us as conduits of hope and light and joy and peace as we move, live, and have our being in God in community. When I hear the melody of the soundtrack <laughs> that is filling this space, it reminds me of how important it is that we let our light shine as we reflect on Christ coming into this earth reality and the Spirit of God filling our hearts and our minds. So look at every child in this room. I love the divine way that God said I would come into this earth reality through the most common denominator, through the life of a child. God saying that I would come into this earth reality in a spirit of reciprocity where for my plan for humanity to be carried out, I would place myself in a human body to actually be cared for by the people whom I came to save. God trusting that something inside of Joseph and Mary would stir once the prophecy was spoken as they were invited into this divine plan to say that yes, the waiting and the coming would join with your present reality of being human beings simply trying to find and navigate your way through life's journey. 
And when I think of Mary, when I think of Mary and the blessed gift that she was given, I oftentimes hope that we, as we wait, can learn to wait as Mary did. You know, I, I definitely appreciate the story of Joseph's obedience that we hear in Matthew. As words were spoken to him about what he needed to heed as the Christ child came into this earth reality. But I love Mary's story in Luke. And when I think of Mary, the one chosen to carry the Christ child, the one whose soul magnified the Lord as she reflected on the gift of the Christ child being alive and growing in her womb, I wonder if like Mary, can we wait in a posture of humility where when God speaks to us about being conduits of hope and faith and love and compassion and peace and healing, can we like Mary simply say, Lord, let it be done to me according to your will. As we land in this, this, this place, this space of reflecting on the Christ child and his coming into this world, as we think of the generations that waited and prayed that he would come, as we think of the wait, W-E-I-G-H-T, that was carried by this teenage girl as she was in a posture of waiting, a posture of waiting not yet wed, a posture of waiting asked to believe in a miracle. A posture of waiting asked to have faith that God would use her life and her faith and her very being, mind, body, soul, and spirit to change the world. Can we wait and be conduits of that kind of hope? Can we wait? in ways where we find our life and our faith and our entire being filled with joy as we celebrate the fact that he came and will come again. Will we wait in a way where we receive the gift of being a part of God's plan of redemption for humanity? And as we wait, rather than close with my words and my thoughts being a guide, I prefer we close with the word of God itself being a guide. The reason I encourage each of us to wait with an expectation of God's, not only God's kingdom coming through our lives, but God's kingdom, the family of God being expressed through our lives. I encourage us to wait based on these words. 
It was once said that the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in a pitch dark land, light has, done, has dawned because unto us a child is born. Unto us a, a son is given, and authority will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be vast authority and endless peace for David's throne and for his kingdom, establishing and sustaining it with justice now and forever. The zeal of the Lord of heavenly forces will do this. So let us celebrate the fact that the children of Israel waited and he came. And know that as we wait, Christ will come again. As we wait, Christ will come again. And this, my friends, is the word of God for the people of God. Together, let us say, thanks be to God. Can we give the Lord a hand of praise? <laughs> Hallelujah. And we give that praise in this time because this moment now leads us to one of the most sacred parts of our time together as we prepare to share from the Lord's table and as we prepare to share from the Lord's table, I ask that in this moment, we recognize that there is a peace, a peace that lives with us, a peace that surrounds us, a peace that upholds us. And so as we prepare for this moment, we want to move into that moment of passing the peace amongst one another. Blessed are those whose sins are forgiven in the presence of the Lord. Blessed are those who have the beauty of walking in community as a forgiven people. And so as a forgiven people, let us stand in this moment and let us give signs of peace to and for one another, knowing that our sins have been forgiven. Family, let us stand and greet one another as we pass the peace. And our text reads to us, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in a pitch dark land, light has dawned. On those living in a pitch dark land, light has dawned. As we move into this moment, know that there are many spaces into which we will go, where for some it may seem that darkness reigns. 
know that there are patches even in our lives where for a time it may seem that darkness reigns. Yet in this symbolic lighting of the candle, we pray that even when we are in moments of darkness, that we learn to embrace it as the unknown, as the becoming where light will dawn. As Rachel and Karina come forth to gather light, remember the one who is our source, the one who is that light, who brings light unto us. Remember the gift of sharing light. Because God moves in ways where just as Mary was blessed to carry the one who was and is the true light. We are blessed with the gift of being lights in this world. Your light matters because your light gives light unto another. And another's light matters because of the way that their lights can give light to even others. And if we will allow the darkness to serve as a gift of leaning into moments of becoming, we will understand how the people walking in darkness saw a great light. On those living in a pitch dark land, light dawned. Let us embrace the gift of being light. In the midst of darkness, through the gift of darkness.
benediction. Let us remember that even after we blow these candles out and head to our homes, that in Christ Jesus was life. In Christ Jesus is life. And that life is the light of humanity. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it, but has yielded to it in love, joy, peace, and favor. As we leave tonight, though these candles we hold in our hand will be blown out with our breath, let us remember that the breath of God has placed light in us that will live forever. Go in peace, go in love, knowing that Christ has come. God bless you, family, and Merry, Merry Christmas. that you've enjoyed this week's message and we look forward to connecting with you soon. If you'd like to experience our full church services, you can find them at youtube.com slash eastsidechurchatl. And if you'd like to support the work we're doing here at Eastside, you can find our giving portal at our website, eastsideatl.org. Be well.